everyone, and welcome to the Lupus Ontario podcast. We are launching the podcast just a few weeks ahead of the 20th annual Ontario Walk for Lupus, which is taking place on August 21st. And so with that in mind, our next couple of episodes will focus on the Walk for Lupus, the people taking part in the walk, and what the walk is all about. Today, we have an extra special guest. Linda Keel, president of Lupus Ontario, is joining us. In addition to her professional career spanning more than 30 years in IT consulting and project management, Linda has been involved with Lupus Ontario for several years and is currently serving for a second time as president. She, like so many at Lupus Ontario, has an immense passion for patient advocacy and for fundraising to help support that cause. An extremely active member of the board, Linda is once again taking part in the Walk for Lupus this year. Linda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brent. It's great to be here. For today, I'd like to split our conversation into two parts. First, let's give our listeners a bit of background on Lupus Ontario, what Lupus Ontario is and what it's all about. Then after that, let's dive into the Walk for Lupus and explore what that event is like from a participant's perspective, but also the role it plays for Lupus Ontario. So Linda, let's take a step back and start with what Lupus Ontario is and what it's all about. Okay, well, Lupus Ontario is the largest Canadian provincial organization dedicated to improving the lives of lupus patients and their families. It was founded over 40 years ago and started when two uh, young women were in hospital in Toronto in the early 70s. They had been diagnosed with lupus, but at the time, nobody really knew much about the disease. There was no sort of set protocol for managing it. And they were determined that they would start an organization to create more awareness, promote research. And they just, they did that. And in 1978, it became an official organization to support the uh, lupus community of Ontario. In the early days, some of their major accomplishments were raising over a million dollars to start the lupus data bank at the lupus clinic at Toronto Western Hospital. And this data bank is is still going today and is critical as a, a sort of a foundation for a lot of the research projects that are going on. So over the years, the organization has evolved. We still do a lot of the same things. I think one of the major changes that we've experienced is the move to the digital world. And in the past, I mean, we're talking about the 70s and 80s. There really was not much use of the internet other than in uh, academia, and people met face-to-face. But over the years, uh, what we've found is that we can reach more people, you know, through digital methods. And we continue with support groups, educational webinars, and um, uh, we're still uh, in the time of COVID-19 determining where we go with our annual education day In the past, they've all been face-to-face, and uh, we'll be polling our membership in the fall to see their level of comfort with continuing face-to-face, or we may just do those online. And the other thing that we have continued very actively is uh, supporting research. We have an annual Lupus Research Fellowship that is open to candidates from around the world. To date, we've trained over 30 rheumatologists to study at a lupus clinic in Ontario, and they become 
experts in uh, diagnosing and treating lupus. And as well, they have to complete a research project. And we have at the moment six lupus, official lupus clinics in the province. And, you know, I think people from around the world and from Canada uh, look forward to uh, being able to learn with the experts at these clinics. One of the um, early uh, pioneers of lupus research was Dr. Murray Urowitz, and he was actually treating these two ladies that I mentioned who were in hospital. And he is still uh, going strong and training fellows and doing research and is very, very highly regarded in Canada and around the world as an expert. So we're delighted that he provides such excellent support to our organization. So I think the other area that we really want to start focusing more of our time on is advocacy. We recognize that many lupus patients don't have all the support that they need from governments, from employers, educational institutions, and that's because the disease is not well understood. And it's a complicated disease. It comes and goes, and hopefully with the right treatments, uh, people go into remission. However, this is a huge talent pool that, uh, if it had a a bit of accommodation, could really make a contribution to our world. And um, we'd like to work on the advocacy front. Uh, One of the things that happened within the last uh, couple of months is the province of Ontario has recognized May 10th which is globally known as World Lupus Day, as uh, Lupus Awareness Day in the province of Ontario. And we feel that that's a big step forward because the government has now recognized that lupus is a serious disease that's impacting the lives of many people, mostly young people. It's usually diagnosed in people between the ages of 15 and 45, basically in the prime of their lives. So they're at the peak of their careers, For women, they may be wanting to start a family. And this recognition by the government should allow us to have very meaningful conversations about some of the things that they can do. Uh, Maybe it's in regard to medications, might be in regard to supports for people who aren't able to work. There's a lot of areas and we're really, really grateful that uh, the province of Ontario has officially recognized Lupus Awareness Day, because we think that that'll open doors to other avenues for us to to work with them to improve things for lupus patients in Ontario. Absolutely. And it's fascinating to me as well, how many different areas that Lupus Ontario is operating in and still hoping to engage in. Uh, And I think that speaks a lot to how it was founded, going back to its, its roots, almost as a small community, as a home group even almost. Um, And I think that can still be felt even now when you look at the community groups and the way that we try to support the lupus community now. So you touched on it a little bit about some of the groups that we have. I know that Lupus Ontario has a couple of of different kinds of groups. Uh, There's monthly meetings, there's support groups. Did you want to touch on those at all? Give a little bit of an idea as to kind of what goes on in those groups or, or what have what someone with lupus who maybe is joining for the first time might even be able to expect in those groups, because I would imagine it can be a little bit daunting at first until you get to know the the lay of the land. Uh, Yes, sure. Well, our support groups, as I think I mentioned, they used to be in person, and now they're they're done with Zoom calls. Right. And 
what we found is actually there's we're getting a, a huge engagement from all over the province, sometimes from people in the rest of Canada. And, you know, once in a while, we might even get somebody from outside our country that's joining our support groups. And it's a forum for people to share their lupus stories, to, to get information from the facilitators, and to, uh, I, really, I think, really become part of a community where they realize they're not alone. And I think lupus can be quite a, a, an isolating disease because it's so poorly understood by the general public. And uh, the support groups provide a forum for people to get together. We've recently started, or I guess really re-engaged because the, earlier there was a support group for young adults. And we've recently resurrected that group. And we're finding that there are a lot of young people that really need this sense of community and uh, a, a place to share their stories. So we think the, the support groups are vital. And they're attended, you know, by patients and also by their families sometimes because um, caregivers play a, a really important role in, in supporting uh, lupus patients through their journey. So we really think that they're vital to um, providing a forum for uh, the patients. And the other thing is, you know, our, our doctors are extremely busy. So if you go to an appointment with your rheumatologist, they don't have, a, they're, they're excellent in terms of diagnosis and treatments and monitoring all of that, but they don't have time really to chat with you and, uh, you know, uh, provide that sort of, I guess, moral support. I, you know, most of them are very encouraging, but it's not the same as being with a group of your peers. And I think that's the value of, of our support groups. Exactly. The, the patient experience can be so dynamic that sometimes as a patient, you can only get that comfort or really engage with somebody else on the same level if you're doing it with someone of a, of a like diagnosis. Yes, that's uh, right. In a lot of ways, that's great that the, the, the groups can facilitate that. Obviously, as you mentioned, a little bit harder these days with COVID-19 and everything being virtual. But some way, in some respects, virtual groups are really good at also breaking down barriers and allowing people uh, or forcing people really to be more open and engaged with each other in a virtual platform rather than in person. So hopefully that's still the case uh, in the groups and, and everybody is, is still able to get that amazing benefit out of it. I think that's vitally important. What, one other area that I wanted to touch on before jumping into the Walk for Loop is um, and I think this kind of segues nicely into what you mentioned about caregivers as well, because lupus, it is a chronic disease. It is a disease that progresses or can progress over time. And it's something that is with someone for years and that impacts the family in, in a great way. And I know that Lupus Ontario has an information number, a phone number that people can call. And I was wondering if you would be able to kind of elaborate on that phone number. We can put it in the description of the podcast so that people have it available should they want to call. Um, but if you're able to kind of give um, an overview of what kind of information people can get from giving that number a call, mm -hmm. what kind of help or support they might be able to receive, I think that would be quite beneficial. Yes. Well, one of the best ways actually is to use our email support at lupusontario.org. The other option would be to call the office. The, the calls will be referred to our support committee. 
so perhaps the email is is really the best way to to reach out to us. Okay. And I, I must say that Lupus Ontario does not give medical advice. Yes. Uh, we're not we're not qualified medical practitioners. However, we do have a very comprehensive facts booklet which talks about the disease, what it is, medications that are available. Uh, now, I must caution that every patient is different. There, you know, it is a disease that can affect any organ at any time. So obviously the treatments have to be tailored to whatever your condition is. But the facts booklet is very comprehensive. It includes uh, recommended lifestyle changes, possible medications, different types of lupus. So that is available actually on our website. You can download the PDF or if you um, call a support line, we can mail out a hard copy to you. So I, I, you know, I want to stress that we don't give medical advice, but if a caller phones in and wants some information on resources to help them, so maybe government supports, how to go about finding a rheumatologist, sometimes helping them kind of work through this system. Um, You know, obviously we can't refer a patient to a rheumatologist, but we can tell them how to go about it to get that referral. So really we provide factual information information on potential supports from the province, federal government, even communities. And, you know, we also use the line to gather information too, because if people are calling about issues, we want to take note of those because um, it may be something we can help with, but if we can't, we can make a note to say, well, maybe we need to start working on that. So it is a benefit to the patient, but it's also a benefit to us in terms of being able to get a good feel for what the issues are out there that are being experienced at the grassroots. Absolutely. And that kind of goes toward that advocacy stream that you were hoping uh, or mentioning earlier that Lupus Ontario might re-engage in now that the province has kind of taken a step in that direction as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So with that kind of global picture of what Lupus Ontario is and some of the resources that it can supply uh, to Lupus patients and their families, uh, and now that our listeners kind of have a better idea of what Lupus Ontario is all about, let's maybe dive in now to the Walk for Lupus. And obviously this year, again, it's a little bit different because it is virtual, but I'd like to touch on a couple of things with the Walk. Uh, so perhaps you could give us an idea of what the Walk is all about. It's a fundraiser as well, from what I understand. So perhaps you can touch on what the Walk is about, who it's available to, whether it's strictly uh, lupus patients or maybe their families as well, is it a larger community effort? And then perhaps where those funds can kind of find their way uh, to support Lupus Ontario, whether it is for advocacy or do they go toward the Jeff Carr Fellowship, which helps train the physicians as you've noted. So if you could just give us a feel for, for what the walk is all about, I think that would be great. Okay, well, the walk, uh, we're really delighted. This is actually the 20th annual Walk for Lupus Ontario. And this year, Dr. Murray Urowitz, who I previously mentioned as uh, being the head of the uh, lupus clinic at Toronto Western Hospital here in Toronto, he's our honorary chairperson. And um, we uh, actually interviewed Dr. Urowitz before we kicked off the walk. And he made the point that one of the biggest functions of the walk for lupus is to create awareness. It is a rare disease, relatively rare, undiagnosed. It takes six to seven years to get a diagnosis. And as I mentioned before, every patient is different and there's very little awareness in the community of what lupus is. 
So the walk provides an opportunity to have these discussions about what it is, why we need to, to raise money for lupus. And um, this year, our goal is to raise uh, $75,000 from the walk. We have uh, community walks set up in 17 communities across the province, which I think is a couple more than last year. The walk is virtual again this year. In uh, last year, it was virtual. And prior to that, they were in-person walks. So we would get a park permit for a community and people would gather there, um, go for a walk. There'd be, usually be entertainment, maybe some food. So it was a, an event to get together. In the last two years, the now we've had to do virtual walks. So we've learned a few things about virtual walks, which is uh, very interesting to me. Last year, the walk was quite successful. And uh, we really wanted to stress the point that you, if you're not able to, you don't have to walk. Many lupus patients have uh, joint issues. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they have challenges with um, the sun, sun sensitivity, and they're not able really to go for a two or three kilometer walk. So with a virtual walk, people can do whatever they want, whenever they want. And, um, you know, share that with their family and friends and ask them to make a donation to Lupus Ontario. So some people might want to do yoga. Some people might want to do uh, a craft or, you know, create a painting or something. Exactly. Um, just to put some effort into some activity that they are able to and, and raise money. So that's one of the beauties of a virtual walk. There's no pressure to do any specific thing and we've had you know a good interest in in the participation in in the virtual event so i can see that going forward we may end up with hybrid events where you can have an event in a park if people are able to come but we can also have the option um, for a virtual event and in some cases people may live in an area where there isn't a walk organized so they could still participate virtually and we ask people to share their stories, share their photos of what they did. This year, as with last year, we're asking people to walk or do whatever they are comfortable doing within, of course, the public health guidelines in their community, because we want to keep everybody safe. And that's really the main objective for people to have fun and, you know, still be able to uh, be safe. Uh, this year, I think... I don't know, in, in Ontario, I think the guideline is, you know, you could have up to 100 people outdoors. So you could get together with, I'm not suggesting 100 friends, but, you know, eight or 10 of your friends and, and do an activity in an outdoor space or even indoors if, um, if you wanted to do something like that. Definitely. You can still make it an event just smaller than it would normally be in a, in a non-COVID, non-pandemic. Exactly. Yes, yes. And the funds will be used for uh, a lot of the money does end up going to research. As you mentioned, Brent, the annual Jeff Carr Fellowship is uh, fairly expensive for us to fund. And so a lot of the money will go there. Uh, we also fund lupus clinics. They, um, they can apply to us. And um, based on what the requirement is, we provide some limited funding to them. And we also have a, a new research project coming out that we'll be sharing with people over the next few weeks. That's another very exciting uh, addition to uh, lupus research in Ontario. 
So a lot of the money will go there and it'll also go to our support and education group uh, because we really want to continue to improve uh, our webinars, um, stage and education day, either in person or virtually. And maybe, maybe it'll be a hybrid event, uh, which is actually what I'm thinking we will end up with. And we'd like to be able to do these education days in, uh, in various parts of the province. You know, in the last few years, they've been mostly in the GTA. And we'd really like to, um, you know, be able to visit some of the other communities in, in the province and, and do education days there. So that's where most of the money will go. The one thing I would like to add is Lupus Ontario only has two full-time staff members. And this summer we have a summer student, but our organization is a volunteer organization. So all of this happens because of the dedication of our volunteers. And it's always amazing to see the passion and dedication that our volunteer team puts into all of our programs and events, and we couldn't do that without them. And, um, you know, also we don't receive any government funding. So we really, um, we really do need the support of the community for the Walk for Lupus. You know, hopefully people will participate. They'll have some fun. And uh, we have a few uh, prizes in the works for the next few weeks. So people could take a look at our website and get some information on the walk. And uh, we're really hoping that it'll be a success this year. And we're hoping that next year we'll be able to do some in-person events so that we can actually, you know, get together and, um, and do some activities, you know, and get to know more people. And uh, it's, it's really a wonderful experience when you're able to pull off a face-to-face walk. And I guess I've been doing them for the last 10 years. So uh, there's a lot of variety in the walks. Some of them are small, some of them are bigger, but they're all a lot of fun. So uh, I do encourage everybody to participate however they can. You know, if you don't feel you're able to donate, you know, if you could just keep an eye on our social media, share our posts and let everybody know that that this is happening, because um, that's all the awareness piece that we really want to create in the community. Absolutely. And that's a really good point about social media as well. And I know the podcast here has linked to those also. So anybody who's listening uh, to this can also uh, navigate to those, that, either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, right away and, and, and support that way as well through retweets uh, and likes and so on. The easiest way if somebody was wanting to donate is that to navigate to the Lupus Ontario website. Yes, if you go to uh, www.lupusontario.org, there's a link that'll take you directly into the uh, Walk for Lupus website. And you can donate online. You'll get a, a tax receipt, maybe not instant, but within a few minutes, it'll, uh, you'll get your electronic tax receipt. And the other option is if people are not comfortable doing online donations, they can always mail a check to the, to the office. And just put in the uh, in the comments section, it's for the walk for lupus. And you will receive a receipt from the office. All right. That's fantastic. Well, we'll put all that information in the description of the podcast as well so people have it available. We also have an email address. People can reach out if they have questions about Lupus Ontario or questions about the walk or wanting to donate. That email address is podcast at lupusontario.org. Okay, so Linda, I'd like to thank you again very much for being part of this, our inaugural podcast. It's been illuminating for me. Hopefully it has been for our listeners as well. 
Uh, and I hope to have you back on soon uh, to talk about the advocacy aspect of Lupus Ontario, but also perhaps to recap the walk and illustrate for us what a success it was. Well, that would be wonderful. I'd be more than happy to do that. And um, I just want to close again by thanking all our volunteers and um, and letting everybody out there that's listening know that, you know, we're here for you. If you uh, have any concerns or need any help with anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. You know, we're, we're here to support you. So um, I hope everybody stays well and stays safe and uh, enjoy the rest of the summer. It's fantastic. Thank you so much, Linda. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. We love hearing your comments and suggestions. Please write to us at podcast at lupusontario.org.